0: started reading tarot again is when I started to realize that I'm non-binary, you know, like it was through learning tarot again and working with it that I was like, like just, just the gates opened and changed everything.
1: Tarot cannot tell you anything that you don't already know, but that won't mean that it isn't scary to look at. (laughs) Yes. You know, it can be scary and it can be intimidating, but it's not, it's not making things happen to you. It's just, exactly like you said creating that space for those truths to be revealed to you if you're ready for them.
2: I've redefined what looking like a Christian looks like to me. You know I've never been this close to God in my life and that's through the use of using my tarot and oracle cards because I'm able to pull back that fear and bring the truth to him and seek the things that I need that I request. I said him I'm even working on that as well like That's what I've been taught.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Word Witch Podcast, where we talk about tarot, magic, and belief, and try to bust our thinking out of the binary through conversations with folks making magic from the margins. I'm Charlie Claire Burgess, they, them. I'm going to start using that like a title, like Esquire. (laughs) And I'm the creator of Fifth Spirit Tarot. I'm the witch behind the word witch and your host on this folksy queer rocket ship to the future. Today, I have a very special bonus episode for you. It's a co interview I did with the incredible Ashley Brooke James and Elizabeth Moore, who are the powerhouse duo behind Triluna Wellness, a non diet pro-donut, anti-racist community wellness company in Nashville, Tennessee, as well as the hosts of the wonderful Wellness Community Magic podcast, where Ashley and Liz host real talk about the wellness world and seek to make self-care realistic, sustainable, and inclusive. Talking with the two of them was such a joy and so much fun. We were cracking up at some points, which you will hear. Uh, And we, we talk about tarot and oracle cards, inclusivity in the wellness world, our personal spiritual paths, and the messy transitional space of becoming. And we also have some deep conversation about donuts and can't stop thinking about boobs. (laughs) I hope that you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And if you do, go give Ashley and Liz a follow at the Wellness Community Magic Podcast in whatever app you're listening to this through, and then check them out at TrilunaWellness.com or on Instagram at Triluna underscore wellness. Links, as always, will be in the show notes. Now, enjoy.
2: The icebreaker and the question that we must ask first is if you were a donut, <laughs> what donut would you be and why?
0: Uh, I loved this question. And I, so here's the thing. I don't actually like donuts that much because <laughs> I, I, it's scandalous. Because um, I'm not really a sweets person. I'm more of a savory person. Mm. And so I was like, I took this as a challenge and I would like Googled savory donuts. <laughs> I was like, they must exist, they must be out there somewhere. And so I found so many delicious sounding savory donuts. And one of them that really stood out to me was cheddar jalapeno cornbread donut. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah, I love cheddar. I love jalapeno. I love cornbread. I'm originally born and raised in the south in Alabama. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that feels good. I'll I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little bit spicy, a little bit salty, which is also <laughs> describes me. And then there's a my partner and I who loves donuts had a little bit of a back and forth about whether it was actually a donut. <laughs> I think it counts. He, he was like, I don't know. It's made of cornbread. Can it be a donut if it's made of cornbread? And I was like, it says it's a donut. Like, it doesn't say bagel. So we had this like donut right. versus bagel mm. oh. uh, debate. Yeah, interesting. But then I also liked that about the donut because it's like, <laughs> it looks like a donut, but is it a donut? <laughs> is it expanding the idea of what a donut could be? I like <laughs> there it. There we go. We're all about
2: redefining things over here. So, yeah. I love it and I actually just so our listeners know, we know the answers <laughs> before and I just wanted you to talk through that because <laughs> I found that to sound very, very good and I wanted it. Yeah. And Liz is the creator of all things in the kitchen so I was gonna like Liz can you uh, yes I can try
1: I will try we yeah we get to see the answers beforehand and I was so thrilled not only because it sounds delicious and all of my favorite things also uh but it wasn't a classic glazed which is like no shade like no shade at all but everybody says classic glazed, so it's exciting to get a different response this, <laughs> this time
0: I'll I'll admit I had a tip from Grace, uh, <laughs> who, was, who was like, "Try to choose not glazed."
2: <laughs> yeah, one of our listeners even texted us this week and was like, "Hey, so how come everyone is a glazed donut?" And we were like, "We have the same we, you know." Although, like Liz said, no shade, it's great, it's wonderful foundation donut. Mm-hmm. It's the classic. But we just wanted to actually have someone walk us through that savory, sweet journey like you did. (laughs) And mission accomplished. Yeah. I'm happy.
0: Well, I can. uh, It was definitely a recipe that I found. So I can uh,
1: try to find that again and email you the recipe so that you can. Please do. And let's put it in the bio and then we can get some pictures of other people, too. You
2: see the marketing team? They went crazy (laughs) there. Did y'all see that? Did y'all see that?
1: So let's. Yeah, so since we're kind of co-doing this, would you just do like a short two, three sentence intro, who you are, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, My name's
0: Charlie Claire Burgess. My pronouns are they, them. I am a queer and non-binary tarot practitioner and teacher and deck creator and writer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've uh, made a tarot deck called Fifth Spirit Tarot. I have a podcast called The Word Witch Podcast, and I think that that's probably most of things. I think that encapsulates it. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> can you, okay. can you? Well, oh,
2: you, yeah, you we'll wanna, we'll, oh, yeah. We'll I was like, am I, I, am I going? Am I? <laughs> like, who's am going next? I going? Okay. So we're Luna We are a pro-donut, non-diet, anti-racist wellness company that specializes in mental health and social justice issues. We provide wellness, curriculum, events, and retreats to corporate clients.
1: Yeah, our, we really found a hole in the market around inclusive, accessible wellness, and so we are here to fix that problem. <laughs> <laughs> and can I ask what donuts you both are? <laughs> ah. Yes. I'm, I might have to amend mine now and be a little bit of a copycat, but... Generally, my answer to this is something we actually interviewed my dad on the podcast recently. And he is like a very earthy, magical kind of man. He's a a moss expert and like a very unique human. Yes, And he said classic glaze. And I was like, okay, dad, like, I hear you, but. Also, and also, maybe you are like a sesame donut or like matcha or something earthy. It has like really earthy depth of flavor that's not too sweet, but maybe has like a light glaze on the top. And I think I actually want to steal a little bit of that, like a matcha, earthy matcha donut. But also I have to have sprinkles because I'm like very into rainbow colors and shiny things right now. And so I'm a matcha donut with lots of iridescent sprinkles. Ooh, yes! I love that, and that's
0: you can change, right? Yeah, yes. Oh. People can change and evolve and become different donuts. I like that. Yes, I feel like a different donut than I did
3: a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a different donut.
2: I am actually going to say that I am the purest from Five Daughters. So, Five Daughters, if you're hearing this, I am the purest. Um, <laughs> uh, it is the way I like to describe that. It is a fluffy donut. That when you bite into it, it is kind of tough, right? But once you get closer to the center, it has this cream puff filling, so it has this like harder, like edgier outside, and then when you get into the inside, it's all mushy and just just a big cry baby. <laughs> so I would say that would be me, and I also like the look of the donut. Like it reminds me y'all are gonna be like what where's she going with this like (laughs) chris jenner can wear all black and look magnificent at all times and this donut just has this beautiful just classic it's not a classic donut because the glaze on it is a little bit more sprinkly sugar it's like a sugary classic look and it no matter if you dump strawberries on top <laughs> or whatever on top, it's still just this beautiful classic look um, like Christian or in all black.
1: It's also a layer down. It has like a hundred layers, Yeah, which I feel like applies to. Yeah. Yes. So it's that was a lot. Donut. Yeah. Yeah. It's really deep.
2: That's why it took so long to talk about it. We've really <laughs>
1: thought about this question over the course of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I am so excited to have you on our podcast because when I first found tarot, it was an explosive moment of personal and self-growth for me. I had never had a tool like that. I am not in particular a religious person. And so I was kind of seeking a little bit of structure to my spiritual practice. I was looking for some parameters or some things to work inside of in the beginning. And I found tarot and I almost immediately found you. And so my tarot journey started a lot with you. And the way that you talk about tarot is very different from the average person. And also your writing. I'm an English major. Uh That was like my past. And so I'm really drawn to writing. And your writing is absolutely fun. I'm always sending it to like my dad and my sister. Because I'm like, oh, my God, you got to read this. But it is so beautiful. And I've been so grateful for your influence on My personal growth journey, even though you didn't know who I was. So, I wondered if you would talk a little bit about your journey to tarot and why your perspective on it is a little different. Um, First of all, I'm blushing. Thank you. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) um, Also, I was an English major. So, I just wanted to respond to that and like throw that out there. Yeah, English major and um, also got my master's in creative writing. Y'all are in Nashville, correct? Yes. at mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. I got my oh, yeah. master's in creative writing. So I am like very much a writer. So thank <laughs> you. You're just like speaking words to my soul right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my, my tarot journey started when I was in high school. That's when, like a lot of folks, I picked up my first deck. Of course, I was a high schooler in Birmingham, Alabama, and this was around like 2002. So it, there weren't a ton of options for like places to go to get your tarot deck or to learn about tarot or to buy like witchy books or whatever. Um, And it also wasn't something that like, I didn't know anybody else who was doing it. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's this myth that you can't buy your first tarot deck. You have to be gifted it. Well, I didn't know that because I had like no (laughs) tarot knowledge of anything. And so I went to Barnes and Noble at the mall and- (laughs) bought myself my first hero deck. And also, I just think that's a total gatekeeper myth yeah. that you can't buy your own deck. You have to be right. gifted it. But long story short, I tried to learn how to read it. Uh, this was at the same time that I was like starting trying to do like uh, a little like Wiccan spells in the basement of my parents' house, you <laughs> know, throwing like spices from their spice rack around. And since I didn't have any like community Because like the internet wasn't what it is now. There wasn't really social media at all. And because I had to hide it from my parents who were Christians. I eventually kind of got freaked out and left it. Like Mm -hmm. I actually took my tarot deck and my like Wicca books and threw them into the dumpster behind the mall. uh, Because I was afraid of like, I don't know. I was just afraid of being caught by my parents, Mm -hmm. et cetera. This was at the same time as like, I was discovering that like my sexuality is queer as well. And I was like, "Mm, I like, like, I like girls. And like, also (laughs) I don't really feel like a girl myself and all of these things. And then at the same time, as I was getting rid of my tarot deck, also kind of committed myself to the conventional path that I thought was the path of least resistance, where I was like, well, it seems really hard to be a gay person in the world in 2002 in Alabama. And I didn't have like really any role models for that in my life um, because I was pretty sheltered. And so I was like, hey, it's really easy to date guys and for guys to like me. So I'm just going to do that. And I'm going to like try to be the person that's like that I thought would be accepted or like, like loved or appreciated by people and by society. And so at the same time as I kind of abandoned tarot and magic and stuff, I also abandoned like myself and tried to like become someone I wasn't. And so for me, tarot and like my queerness and my spirituality and just like my truth are all tied up together. Cause then when I found tarot again in my late twenties, it all, it all came back. Like it all happened at the same time. Like I, after I started reading tarot again is when I started to realize that I'm non-binary, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was through learning tarot again and working with it that I was like, like just, just the gates opened and Mm -hmm. changed everything. Um, I don't think that you can like do something like read tarot for yourself and not come closer to your truth you know, Mm -hmm. to like who you truly are.
1: Yeah. We, we always talk about tarot too, as like a tool of self-discovery. We really believe that it's a way to like ask yourself deeper, better questions. When you say that it like cracked that open for you, it helped you start on that journey. What did that look like? How did that feel or come about?
0: Oh man. So this is a a juicy story. Um, (laughs) 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 uh, a new friend gave me a tarot reading after we had gone to the Renaissance fair together. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm talking like brand new friend. This was like the second time we ever hung out. And during the course of that tarot reading, it was not actually my first interaction with tarot since I'd left it, but was the first like meaningful one that I had. And like, he put the cards on the table and was sort of guiding me through what they were saying. And I was feeling this huge resistance inside me because the cards were saying like, there's something blocking you. Like there's something like something needs to fall away. There's some sort of block that's keeping you from being who you really are or who you could be or something like that. And I could just feel myself just throwing up all these walls because I knew what it was, but I didn't want to know what it was.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. And I think that's one of the things that tarot does is it it confronts us with the things that we already know but are ignoring yes. yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and so for me that thing was my marriage at the time mm-hmm. and by the end of that reading I was like bawling because I was mm-hmm. like I have to get a divorce <laughs> <laughs> like I like I knew it when I was like driving home that night I was like there was such clarity there too. Mm-hmm. Like I was crying because of like the grief of it, but, but just the clarity of that decision and of knowing yeah. what I needed to to do next for myself and for my life and for my happiness was just unmistakable. And so I got a divorce for many other reasons. It wasn't because like a tarot reading told me right, so, right? but the process of of having that reading and sort of sitting with myself for like the answers of like what is that thing that's that's holding me back it like tarot makes a space available I think for Mm -hmm. us to sort of interrogate those those areas and those questions and sort of face them and come to terms with them and it 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 does it in a way like I think that the the having the medium of the cards themselves, mm-hmm. like these cards with these images on it and and words and titles are almost like a like a medium, like a gateway to allow us to do that in a way that we right. can't otherwise through like like rational, conscious thinking, you mm-hmm. know, like by taking it into the land of image and stuff like that. It sort of shifts the brain, I think.
1: Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And we get a lot of fear around tarot when we talk about it. You know, we're we're also in the the deep south and there's a lot of fear around it. And we always say tarot cannot tell you anything that you don't already know, but that won't mean that it isn't scary to look at. Yes. <laughs> you know, it can be scary and it can be intimidating, but it's not it's not making things happen to you. It's just yeah exactly like you said, creating that space for those truths to be revealed to you if you're ready for them. Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely right. And and well said, well said. Because <laughs> I think that that is really important to acknowledge. And sometimes we'll try to, like, I don't know, make some of the more difficult cards or experiences more, like, fluffy and, like, happy and relatable because of fear, right? Mm-hmm when what we really need to do is acknowledge that, like, sometimes things suck. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes things are painful. And that's just, A, true. And if we were working with a deck of cards that didn't acknowledge that, then what use would it be, right? Right. We need something that's able to reflect the range of human experience, which includes pain and grief and, and fear and anxiety, et cetera. That's how it serves us the best, mm-hmm. I think, is, is being able to be all these things. And with that, I think, comes the acknowledgement that the, quote, bad cards or, quote, scary cards, even while I just said all that, are also not necessarily bad, right? Right. Like, what does a difficult experience do but make you grow? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Absolutely that was beautifully said. I would love to know what led you to create your first deck.
0: Oh, to create fifth spirit. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, so it happened by accident. Like I didn't intentionally go, I shall start a deck and this is what it shall be. Um, I had done a ritual (laughs) on, on the Aquarius new moon in 2019. Um, because I'd like felt this thing brewing or coming and, but I didn't know what it was. And so I did a ritual talk to my guides. I was like, what is the thing? I'm ready. And that evening just started, I picked up my, um, ancient iPad and just started doodling on it with my finger and like a drawing app, um, which was, I never did. It was very uncharacteristic of me to even touch that machine which was only used for Netflix at that point point. Um, <laughs> and after a few doodles I looked at it and realized like holy crap that's an ace of cups like I just drew an ace of cups and I was like is this the thing like am I creating a deck now and it was so surprising because I didn't think of myself as an artist so like while I had a desire to create a deck I didn't ever think I could actually do it I just didn't mm-hmm. think there was a possibility for me uh, I was like, maybe I'll collaborate with an artist or something one day. And well, I, this happened. I was like, I guess I'm doing it anyway. And so mm-hmm. like along the the course of making the deck, I learned how to do art, um, which was remarkable. But as I started making it, I had to think about what I wanted it to be and sort of what I wanted it to contribute to tarot. Um, and in tarot for a very long time, for forever, there have been uh, various problems, uh, such as most tarot decks, the vast majority still today, are composed of like all white people on mm-hmm. the cards, all like conventionally attractive, you know, in air mm-hmm. quotes, people like thin bodies, et cetera, um, and it, they're all very cis-heteronormative, you know, all cis people, all heterosexual couples, and they even use things like gender mm-hmm. as metaphors for, say, nurturing or softness or submission, uh, mm-hmm. that being, you know, a thing that traditional tarot decks align with female representation. And then the men are strong and authority and logical, et cetera. They use these things as metaphors in mm-hmm. ways that just yeah. reinforce the harmful <laughs> gender binary and uh stereotyping etc and so I was like well I want to I want to contribute something be one of the people that contribute something to try to evolve the tarot I think that it can be a really helpful tool for facing those things actually for facing things like um misogyny gender roles, gender stereotyping, et cetera, because like they're present in some of the archetypes, right? right? And so through working with tarot and evolving it, we're kind of like evolving the way that we think about these things too, right. where we can be, right? And so, yeah. So that's why I decided to do the humans that I illustrate in the deck in the way that I did in an effort to be one person who is trying to
1: move that needle a little bit so how did you replace them can you give an example of what you replaced yeah so um
0: there's a lot of queer decks out there first of all and a lot of them do this really cool thing with the titles on the cards so there's some of the cards that I'm talking about specifically are like the the empress the emperor Mm -hmm. also like king and queen because these are very they're gendered titles right so a lot of decks will do a cool thing where they like uh, they change the title to something that is non-gendered so like uh the emperor might become like the the navigator or you Mm -hmm. know into something that's not um gendered but instead of doing that and also because i couldn't come up with any any better titles than what some of the geniuses out there have already come up with i decided to sort of queer those titles by queering the imagery on the cards so because mm-hmm. I think that the the problem isn't just with the names the problem is with the way that we gender the archetypes themselves right and like yes. the ideas themselves like we can put a different name on the empress but still associate the empress with women or with femininity and still associate that archetype with like uh, caregiving and um, <laughs> right. emotionality and stuff like that. And these things, caregiving, emotionality, et cetera, these are things that everybody has. It has nothing to do with like reproductive organs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so on the empress, I kept the titles empress, emperor, king, queen, But like on the empress in my deck, there's a person who is like body language wise, like really embracing that, like sort of receiving energy of the empress, but uh, has a a flat chest, a flat male chest. The emperor has a beard and breasts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then on some of the court cards, I've just kind of like troubled or queered the imagery in order to be like. Men can be queens or masculine presenting people can be queens. Uh, Women or femme presenting people can be kings. Mm -hmm. None of this has anything to do with gender.
1: (laughs) Yeah. One of my favorite cards of yours that you posted on your Instagram recently is transition. And it's like a hand moving through these different phases. And it's like a normal looking hand on the end in the beginning but in the middle it's like all these rainbow colors and as you know i'm very drawn to the imagery of that but will you talk through how you did that i always i've just listened to i re-listened to our podcast recently and then realized that i say can you talk about like a hundred times an episode so will you explain is that the same thing <laughs> how about i say it yeah will you, you know.
2: talk about <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you talk us through that, please?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Certainly. Uh, so that card is uh, from a new deck that I'm working on. It's going to be an Oracle deck. It's it's based on the 52 or 54 card playing playing card deck, like we play solitaire and poker with and stuff. Um, and like, wait, are you curious about like how I created the image or my thinking behind the image?
1: Both. Yes to all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, so uh, the short answer for how I created it is uh, I create my art digitally. Uh, so I illustrate it on an iPad with a stylus. And so I like draw it all with my little pin, but it is digital, which I have to c- remind myself sometimes is still art because mm-hmm. I find myself undercutting it. And uh, I do it that way because I have no traditional art training So like, I literally don't know how to put paint on a canvas. Yeah, (laughs) Same. Yeah. (laughs) So while I've, I've drawn like ink sketches and stuff my whole life, like no clue how to no clue how to do like traditional art mediums, that image that you're talking about for transition, I like the, what most of the time happens is the images just sort of, I don't know, come to me. Like I just will have an image in my head and then sit down and try to recreate it. And for the transition card, um, I haven't tried to like verbalize this before. (laughs) So when we think about transition, uh, and I'm talking like transition as in any sort of time when, when anybody is moving from sort of one place to another place, figuratively or literally, there's a change that happens. There's a journey, there's like an in-between place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also talking here about like transitioning as like a transgender person. you know there's there's a there's this like messy in-between middle where things are in flux when mm-hmm. where you are not quite in one place or in the other place. And we tend to skip that a lot or like not skip it but not want to think about it. It's mm-hmm. like we're always looking at the goal. Like at the endpoint, the destination, right? And just can't wait to get there. When in fact, I think in those liminal, in between places, there's so much just rich opportunity for discovery and for self discovery, for learning, for becoming in new, unexpected, surprising ways. You know, mm-hmm. and it can be painful, certainly but there's also just so much beauty there. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I was trying to illustrate with that image of uh, there's it's sort of like a hand going through sort of what looks like maybe like a glass box, but it's not glass, but it, on the inside and the in between, it's all like rainbow colored.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's what I was trying to illustrate. And that's actually where rainbows started coming into the deck. And so now there's, there's a lot
1: of uh, sort of rainbow theme in that deck. Yeah, I love that. It makes me think, too, our friend Sam Jump, who's also an incredible writer, posted, and this was a long time ago, and it has stuck with me for so long, but she said, it's important not to rush during the unfolding. And that has, like, stuck with me. Like, it literally, like, makes me want to cry a little bit every time I think about it because it's just such a beautifully worded sentiment about something that we so often skip or miss over, mm-hmm. or miss out on.
2: Right. Yeah, And while we're talking about transition, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking about the younger you throwing your tarot books in the garbage, you know, and I, I listen to you now. And it's so much magic. It's so much like this. I could just sit here. Like, that's why I've been quiet the whole because I've really been enjoying the conversation. But like, what would you tell your younger self about magic and tarot then? know if you could go back?
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you for that question because it's that's actually part of like sort of the work I've started doing recently which is sort of like inner child work or younger self work Mm -hmm. which I've Mm -hmm. avoided for a very long time because it was like one of the last frontiers I was like oh that's so scary Mm -hmm. I can't touch that but I've been thinking about that question and I was like first of all I tell my younger self that I'm a little badass because (laughs) I was. I was like, you know, giving it the good fight, refused to do cotillion, just straight up refused, (laughs) even though both my brothers had to do it. But uh, I would tell my younger self that no one knows anything. Like all the people who are trying to tell you what the right answer is uh, or what the quote truth is, everyone's just stabbing at meaning everybody's just trying to come up with answers and come up with meaning just like, just like you are, just like I am. Right. So much of what sort of took me away from my path was people basically making me feel like I was stupid or wrong Mm -hmm. for, for believing what I did or Mm -hmm. for being interested in what I was interested in. And I would internalize that and sort of turn it on myself and started thinking like, you know, I went full on like atheist for many, many years after that. And like, not the cool kind of atheist, but like the kind of atheist that calls people sheeple, you know, Mm. and just is like mean and looks down on people who believe in anything because I just internalized that messaging so much. Right. There's so much space for, for belief and for magic and like, who cares? (laughs) If you're going to believe in something, it might as well be something that is fun (laughs) and like weird and magical and something that helps you and that makes you more compassionate towards other people. And so much fighting and, and strife in the world comes from people trying to make other people believe that they're right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm really glad that Ashley brought that example up specifically because we Ashley and I have different faith backgrounds. We experience the world with different religions, and and that is morphing and changing for both and all of us all the time. I think, but we've had people are genuinely surprised by that that we can share this space with different faith backgrounds, especially when it comes to tarot. Yeah, but I think that
2: all starts. I know for me personally you know, being a Christian, I think yoga helped me be in this space. You know, I meet so many people with different religious backgrounds and they're some of my best friends, you know, and like I love the way you put it, if you're going to believe in something, why not let it be something fun? And I've redefined what looking like a Christian looks like to me. You know, I've never been this close to God in my life. And that's through the use of using my tarot and oracle cards, because I'm able to pull back that fear and bring the truth to him and seek the things that I need, that I request. Mm. Um, And so I said him, I'm even working on that as well. Like, that's what I've been taught and so Mm -hmm. just understanding that as well and I think like you said so many people just want to be right about something and if we give people just the freedom to find their own way like just believe it's their way and it's going to be the best way for them
1: yeah. And that's why we started this company from a wellness perspective. We we kept getting all this like prescriptive advice mm-hmm. that made no sense for our lives whatsoever. And we were so tired of it. We didn't see representation of inclusive wellness. We didn't see a place where we could get started and mm-hmm. not feel like a boob, you know, like it just like feel a boob. like <laughs> I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's the first okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> I don't know why that's <laughs> what came to mind. That's fine. I'm actually looking at. I think it's the boobs. Oh, the boobs I'm on the painting right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was there was no space that felt inclusive and welcoming if I didn't drink the Kool Aid or mm-hmm. or engage in the dogmatic vision of it. And we wanted to create a wellness that was really deeply rooted and grounded in bio-individuality and the acknowledgement that everyone is unique and needs something unique and is allowed to define that for themselves.
2: Yeah, and we are better if we put ourselves in situations mm-hmm. where we can learn more about other people's beliefs and what, you know, I forgot the second word I was going to use.
1: <laughs> I'm still thinking you're still, about boobs, to be um, honest. You, you're still- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like stuck on it now. I think you just no, make I'm us nervous. No, I'm thinking about too. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just thinking about boobs. Now everybody is.
3: Everybody's thinking about boobs. You're welcome. Boobs. <laughs>
1: this is great. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's, this, it's the same in, in religion, in wellness, in food. All of this for us is, like, it must necessarily involve discussion of individuality at every level. I agree. And that's what we tell people when we talk about tarot, too. You know, it's like this is your journey and you can – no one can tell you how to read the cards. The only way to do tarot wrong, in my opinion, is to read for someone else and tell them that this is the truth. Any other thing in tarot is – up to you to decide how that resonates with you and in your life
2: yeah and it's up to you to build that relationship Mm -hmm. with whatever you know you feel comfortable with i tell a lot of people who aren't ready to for that hard truth because that's what it is like you said in the beginning looking at the hard truth and being afraid of that you know i do believe oracle cards give you that little grace into the space but Mm -hmm. still we got to get to a point where we can be real with ourselves because we just show up as better individuals and I think tarot oracle cards are a wonderful resource for that
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely agreed and man there's like so many different things that you both just said that I wanted to respond to and now all I can think about is boobs
1: <laughs> yes Sorry. I did that to us oh we can think about it <laughs> right there baby the, the podcast
2: Y'all know that's what's going to be on the audio part. <laughs> All I can think about is boobs.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm fine with that. Yeah,
2: me
0: too. <laughs> me too.
3: Totally
2: okay with that, Grace.
0: I, w- I would love to know, actually, so, I mean, the name of your podcast is, it has the word magic in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that you both answered this question a little bit already. But I would love to know for each of you what magic means to you. And if you have a
1: magical practice, like what that looks like.
2: Yes. That's a great question. Go for it, Liz.
1: Okay. So I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And my definition of this changes all the time. But right now for me, it really is Exactly what we talked about earlier, the alchemical process of transformation that happens in the in between. You know, it's like when you're building muscle or whatever, it's like it's actually these like tiny little tears that happen, and then your muscle grows larger as a result of that. And that to me feels like magic. Like that's like a very visceral example of what magic is in my life. Like the little tears. And the struggles and the like, getting it wrong and then and then doing the work and, and figuring it out and doing better the next time and growing and expanding my consciousness and, and making myself and the space around me more aware and more inclusive and more in the service of more individuality, more growth, more peace, whatever that is, that's become my definition of magic for right now. I'm going to roll with that, too. No, I'm
3: just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was about to say,
2: like, she keeps talking and uh, she keeps hitting on. So I'm going to, I actually, I agree with a lot of that. It's that in-between phase because as a company and as business partners, we're growing and we're learning each other. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest, the hardest parts of our job is we offer diversity and inclusion courses, you know, as a black woman and a white woman. And there's always things that we're growing from it's always incidents, always conversations that allow us to grow. And to think about where we started and where we are, Yeah, it's pretty magical. And we have been able to use our journey and reflect that and share our story to help other people grow in their magic. I also feel magic is becoming, like you said, becoming what it is that you set your intentions to. I'm a firm believer of writing things down, speaking Mm -hmm. things into the universe, and becoming what I said I'm going to become. The practice of that is, for me personally, is being grounded, staying connected. And I do that through the practice of yoga. I started yoga over 10 years ago. I became certified over six years ago. And it is just... It just allows me to go into this place of just peace. Even when I'm teaching, I I just can't even remember what happens within the hour. And that's just allowing myself that sense of clarity. We talked about it. Oracle cards have played a big part of my life. and And I'll thank Liz to that because it wasn't a practice of mine until we started becoming business partners. But it was something that she allowed space for me to grow my own relationship with. And I found a relationship with it. And I'm a person of masking, putting it to the back.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And this practice has really allowed me to shine light on my mental health and helping me work my way out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use lots of tools. We refer to them as tools, like our crystals and our tarot and our journaling and all that kind of stuff. And we, I kind of am in flux with them right now. Like I have one deck that I'm using and I just bought your book. The, like, guidebook that I'm very excited about. But I'm very, very, very particular about what decks I'll use right now because I feel very drawn to specific things. Like, the deck that I'm using right now is all women. It's, like, a a women's deck. Uh, And it talks about their history and their – so it is, like, a gender deck. But it is – I found that removing masculine images was what I needed Mm -hmm. in the moment. And it talks about their achievements and their accomplishments and their grace and their fortitude. And I found myself very drawn to that kind of magic right now. So I'm using that one and I'm using it sparingly. So I used to do like a daily pull and I'm sure I'll come back into that space at some point. But right now I am doing like once a week maybe. And I'm kind of letting that guide my week and let it really sink in and settle and figure out. And if I don't pull the judgment card Almost every time. for It's been a, almost a year and a half. Oh, it was it was like middle of yeah. last year. It has come up for me so many times. And so I, I'm trying not to like just keep pushing through that and just keep pulling more cards and keep, you know. So my, my practice right now really is looking at like, because that card in a lot of decks is about duality, right? It's about the like black and white where I feel more like, what it's calling me to do right now is look at shades of gray. It's like asking me to look at how I'm using black and white thinking or binary thinking when that isn't what's called for, that isn't what's needed or that isn't what's actually helpful to me in the moment. So I'm, I'm trying to sit with that tool right now and figure that out.
0: Yeah. One thing that I wanted to, to respond to Elizabeth, that you were talking about with your deck that you're using that has all women in it. Um, There's an idea when we talk about non-binary anything that all gender is bad Mm -hmm. and that's not true. Like that's, so that's just something that I want to like state for the listeners because that's a resistance that a lot of people have when just they learn about non-binary people. Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, does that mean that all gender is bad? Does that mean that my gender is bad or false? Like, no, not at all. Gender is wonderful. Gender is beautiful my my partner is a transgender man. So he identifies as a man, he is a man, and I am non binary. So I'm like, I don't get gender. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get binary gender, but we can both have genders in our own different ways, mm-hmm. and understand d- gender in different ways. And there's absolutely no problem with that. Like both those things can exist, which yeah. is also non binary thinking, right? Like that's, that's what that is. So I wanted just to respond to that for the listeners. It is beautiful to like you as a deck that has all images of women and films in it, or I don't know, I think there's some, well, yes, there are decks with all men in them, which is most tarot decks. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, like doing, using a thing that makes you feel good about Mm -hmm. yourself and your gender or, or whatever it is, that's a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Like there's room yeah. for that. Yeah. And also uh, Ashley, it was something that you were saying. So one of the definitions or way that ways that we can think about magic is just like anything that causes a change. Mm-hmm. It's like applying your will to into the world to cause a change in the world, mm-hmm. right? And so when you were talking about what y'all offer with like all of your off- offerings, but especially with like uh, diversity and inclusivity and anti-racism work and trainings, like that's also magic. Like mm-hmm. you are applying your your will and your perspective and and your energy into the world in order to create a change, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's that's fucking magic. That's beautifully <laughs> said.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Do you feel like you're creating magic when you do that? I do. It, I do, even though it's
2: hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, it it takes someone like yourself to tell us that, that. So we remember what we are doing is magic because we know it. But just like anything, it gets buried back when you're in the work and it's hard to see sometimes. So we really appreciate you for
0: that. Yeah. Well, magic there's a, a sacrifice or like there's energy you have to put energy into magic right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can't get something out of nothing yeah so the work and the difficulty and all that like it's that's part of it yeah like that's yeah. part of it
2: yeah it's that middle part that you were speaking on <laughs> earlier just want to I'm gonna get right to the finish line but it's yeah. working through that middle part that is so needed and so necessary
3: yes yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. it's the
0: middle of the donut.
2: The middle yeah, of that, the, that going through that, the going to
3: simmer. that. <laughs> uh,
2: y'all trying to, I will not cry on this one. I've cried on a lot of these podcasts, but y'all are not breaking this hard shell today.
1: Well, I'm <laughs> <No>, just kidding. <laughs> we are getting the message that we need to to wrap. But before we do that, you have this one piece of writing from your Instagram that I was hoping that I could read. And then if you wanted, if you wanted to read it in your voice, you could as well. And then just have you talk about what that meant to you and why you wrote it. Okay, cool. Yeah, go shoot. Go ahead. So (laughs) this is my favorite. This is one of the ones that I sent to my dad and my sister. And it says, though this night is long and full of ghosts, I am alive. I am a living, breathing flame. I am a spark of the sun. I am the herald of my own dawning. And look, my light breaks. Mm Mm-hmm. I just think that is so powerful, and I read that when I was doing a lot of my own, let's call it shadow work, and looking at a lot of my own ghosts, and it just spoke to me on, on such a deep, personal level, and I think it's so beautifully constructed. Thank you.
0: Um, so that was an amazing just experience to to hear you read that back to me, just just <laughs> I wanted to say that, first of all, and also... This weird thing happens sometimes where like I'll write something and then not forget that I wrote it, but when I hear it read back to me, I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, I wrote
1: that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it happened with a friend recently who was reading part of the like the hermit entry from my guidebook on Instagram. And I was listening. I was like, "Oh, that's really good." Like, yeah, like this person knows what. And then, like, a guy <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit, that's me." <laughs> but I can't actually remember what post it was that I put that on. But those words and those lines also come out of my own really sort of grief work, mm-hmm. as we all have. I've, I've had a lot of grief this year, <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. That grief is, of course, related to to losing people, to COVID, to various other losses, to just hardship and stress and things like that. But also uh, grieving just, I, I feel like over the past several years, as I've been in a better place in my life, I've also been sort of grieving things that I couldn't before mm-hmm. when I was like in the shit, when I was like just trying to survive, Right when we're just surviving, there's not really place to grieve or time to. And so we can put it off and put it off. And so like this like shedding or transformation or I have felt at times that I'm just like birthing grief or something, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, just like letting it out. And one thing that I also f- have felt during all that is just the intensity of my own spirit like that wants to survive Mm -hmm. that is surviving that is is also pure and and good and whole like in there somewhere like existing Mm -hmm. alongside all of this stuff and as sort of the like veils of of grief and of shame and of shadow work and all that are coming down like that Mm -hmm that light just shows more and more right it's been in there all along but is getting brighter and brighter i don't know
1: (laughs) no that's beautifully said i mean if you put that on a piece of art i will buy it on anything i'm just putting that into the universe and seeing what comes out of it
2: (laughs) i just think that you and liz should probably do an auto book together (laughs) because just hearing both of you talk back and forth your voices i'm a fan Well, Charlie, I have to to let you know that I am just as in love with you as Liz. (laughs) I'm glad that we had this opportunity and grace. I mean, because they were I mean, I kind of felt unprepared because they were like, this is going to be great. I'm super excited (laughs) for Thursday. Like I've been up all morning, like reading through everything (laughs) and making sure that I didn't miss the mark. Obviously, Liz would send me your things from Instagram all the time and It was just, I believe in the work that you're doing and I appreciate you. And I really appreciate you just being here with us and taking the time to walk us through your journey and share your story with us. It feels really good. And it feels just for someone who has been doing this, you know, for a while, even when, you know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. the thing. And for someone like myself who is new, it's just, it's just reassuring that, The magic and the things that I do to bring me back to a place of grounding. I mean, it just feels really good to hear you talk through that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really grateful. So thank you.
0: Uh, Thank you so much, Ashley and Elizabeth. Um, I was so happy to have this invitation and to share this conversation with you both. Because like, if you think I haven't learned some things and like Mm -hmm. that i'm not leaving this with stuff to like chew on and digest and just integrate like oh my gosh this conversation this conversation is incredible and i'm so glad to have discovered both of you Mm -hmm. and what you do and and your business and your podcast i've been listening to past episodes of your podcast Mm -hmm. of this podcast this is just incredible thank you both so incredibly much
2: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And you will be the first person that we call when we decide to do our first deck. You know, you will.
1: Yes. (laughs) You know, you will be.
2: So we thank you again. Grace, do you
1: want to say anything? No, I'm good. Okay. She's down here. (laughs) She's on on the the side. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And I I hope there's an in-person donut and coffee meeting in our, our future when the oh my gosh you better believe it
0: yeah (laughs) i
2: actually want that cornbread donut
0: i will find that recipe i'm gonna send you that link well guys i think that's it and that's all peace out Thanks for listening to the Word Witch Podcast. This podcast is produced and edited and all the things by me, Charlie Claire Burgess, with the exception this time of a lot of help from the wonderful people at the Wellness Community Magic Podcast and Triluna, who actually are the ones that edited the main audio for the show. So thank you, Ashley and Liz and Grace and anyone else involved, you're amazing. Our theme music is by Bitches in the Beehive. Please check me out on Instagram at the.word.witch or at my website, thewordwitchtarot.com, where you can find my tarot deck, Fifth Spirit Tarot, along with other goodies and cool things. And if you like this podcast, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash the tarot, or give this podcast a review or some stars or something like that. It's always appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I did. It was incredible. I'm laughing still. <laughs> okay. I will see you next time. Bye.